Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. We don't know a lot about Jesus' childhood, very little, actually. There are some documents that were written several centuries after Jesus came, which claim to give us some stories of Jesus when he was young. Stories of an out-of-control child deity, haphazardly trying to learn how to harness his power, creating birds out of the mud and cursing to death little friends that run into him. But such stories do not agree with what the scriptures tell us and come from those who want Jesus to be something he is not. From scripture, all we have is the story we heard today of 12-year-old Jesus in the temple. Our curiosity would like to know more what the child Jesus was like. What it was like in Joseph and Mary's household. What it was like raising a perfect child. But more we are not told. The scriptures weren't written to satisfy our curiosity or answer all our questions. They were written to tell us what Jesus did for us and for our salvation. So the scriptures concentrate on that, from Jesus' baptism to his death and resurrection. But what we have here, what we heard today, does tell us something of Jesus. He is eager to learn. He doesn't amaze the teachers in the temple with his questions and answers because he was pulling out some secret God knowledge out of the back pocket of his divine nature. Rather, we see in Jesus man as man was meant to be. A mind untainted, unhindered, and unaffected by the ravages of sin. And so he learns quickly and well. He knows that the temple is his father's house and he wants to be there. And then after his parents find him and tell him it's time to go home, he does not resist them or protest, demanding his own way, but is submissive to them. He obeys them. Even though, as God, he created them. As man, he was placed under their care and authority. So he stays in God's good order, perfectly fulfilling the fourth commandment, just as he perfectly keeps all the law for us in our place. But that is not the main point of this reading today. Obedience. We need to think a little deeper. For there's one more thing we heard today. That last line, 
which should not be overlooked. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus continued to grow. He continued to learn. And he found favor not just with God, but with men. For untainted by sin, he was wise, but not proud. Obedient, but not condescending. Good, but not arrogant. We get a picture of this kind of man, actually, with King Solomon, who we heard about in the Old Testament reading today. He was also a young man when he ascended to the throne of Israel, and God gave him great wisdom, such that Solomon was known far and wide as the wisest man in the world. People came from all over the world to hear and see such a king. And he found favor with both God and men, just like Jesus. But Solomon was no Jesus. The taint of sin would corrupt his good and perfect gifts. And Solomon lost favor with God. He allowed the people and things of this world to lure him into a thirst for power and a myriad of sins, including adultery and idolatry. Though wise, he became foolish and while still admired by men, fell away from God. For Jesus, though, it was exactly the opposite. Untainted by sin, he would not allow the people and things of this world to lure him away from his mission, to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And because he proclaimed that fact, who he was and what he had come to do, and didn't say what men thought he should say or do what men thought he should do, Jesus lost favor with men. And though some believed in him, many opposed him and finally put him on the cross for it. So, how is it with you? You who have been made a child of God in baptism and given great gifts as well including the wisdom of God's word and wisdom in the flesh, Jesus himself. How is it with you? Are you more like Solomon or Jesus? What is more important to you, the favor and admiration of men or the favor of God? Or maybe we could put it this way, what do you fear losing more, the favor of men or the favor of God? Now, of course, we all know what the answer should be, and we know what we want to answer for ourselves, but tainted by sin, isn't it the Solomon in us that so often bubbles up? To the top. Like 
when maybe we remain silent when we should speak up. Or we hide our belief under the excuse of not wanting to offend anyone. Or we go along with the crowd instead of standing up for the truth. Or we love the things of the world too much and God too little. It's true, isn't it? And if it happened to someone as wise as Solomon, we should not be surprised that it happens to us too. New Christians, long-time Christians, even pastors. So here is where Jesus in the temple can not only teach us and serve as an example for us, but also comfort us. When Jesus was in the temple, Joseph and Mary thought he was lost. He wasn't where they thought he would be or should be. For three, I'm sure, quite long days, they searched for him. And when they found him in the temple, he calmly tells them, I'm sure by then frantic and anxious parents, I'm not lost. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Because the truth is that it's we who are lost, not Jesus. It is we who have wandered away from God, and it is Jesus who has come to seek and to save the lost. And as we hear the story of Jesus, as we will hear again this church year, it is always Jesus who is finding the lost. He found disciples and calls them to follow him. He finds sinners and forgives them. He finds those whose bodies have been ravaged by sin and he heals them. He finds those without hope and he gives them hope. Especially another three days later when they thought Jesus was lost. Lost in death and the grave. The Marys came searching for him then too. And when he wasn't where they thought he would be or should be in the tomb, the now resurrected Jesus finds them and finds his disciples hiding in the upper room and finds those two disciples walking back to Emmaus on the road and finds his disciples when they're out on the Sea of Galilee fishing again and he brings them home. Back home in faith. Back home in the forgiveness of their sins. Back home in a resurrection to a new life. And you too. For as we will hear again this year and can never hear enough, though Jesus found favor with God, he took our place under the wrath of God for our sinfulness and our foolishness on the cross and gave us his place of favor. He became the foolish sinner and made us the perfect sons. And after three days in the grave, he rose and he went to his father's house at his father's right hand, where he will never leave, but where he rules all things 
for you. To provide you with the forgiveness and life and wisdom you need. So, like Joseph and Mary, while we may not always understand everything, all that happens in this world and in our lives and why and where and when, and while we may not even understand all that we do and when and where and why, like Mary who treasured up all these things in her heart, we can treasure up all these things too of Jesus and his word in our hearts as well. And it will grow. It will grow faith. It will grow wisdom. It will grow mercy. And it will grow love. And it will grow that new life Jesus has for us. And when we act and live foolishly, it will grow repentance too. And that really is true wisdom. To repent of our sins and receive our Lord's forgiveness. To look to Him for all that we need and not to rely on our own goodness, on our own wisdom, on our own faithfulness, on our own steadfastness, but rely on the One who is what we could never be and gives these things to us. All that we need, including his body and blood, to strengthen us and feed us. For the things and favor of this world come and go, but the favor of God lasts forever. So Jesus is back in his Father's house today, here, right where he has promised to be for us, so that we may live in our Father's house forever, as his children, dearly loved. And that is what you are, and right where you should be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.